Welcome into the Greater Cincinnati High School Scoreboard Show. I'm Richard Skinner along with Tom Gamble and Tony Pike will be along shortly as we're going to look at games in, in Ohio from last night, Kentucky, and touch on a little bit of Southeast Indiana. Tom, we're at the halfway point Hard already of the high school season in Ohio. Of course, it's an abbreviated season, six yeah. games. Kentucky just got underway last night, the first week there. I guess the key is we've had a handful of games called off. We had a game certainly last night. Loveland and Milford had to, yep. had to cancel. But for the most part, this is working. Well, it is. And and I think, you know, back before the season started, going out and talking to coaches like I do, and I know you do as well, it was kind of like we're taking this one day at a time. We'll get that first week, and we'll see how we go week to week. And, you know, I think everybody was kind of in the, we're glad we're starting. We just hope we have an opportunity to finish. And after three weeks, at least in Ohio, things aren't going too badly. And I can tell you from being out there every Friday night, you are as well. I can tell you that People are doing what they're being asked to do. Right. You know, and, and that's not 100% com- complicity, but I would tell you that I would say 90 to 95% of the people that I see at games are wearing a face covering or trying to social distance or doing what they've been asked to yeah, do. Yeah, because I think they understand if you want to continue to have these games be played, Correct. you have to do whatever is possible for it. Um, and as I mentioned, I mean, you've had a smattering of games that have been called off. You've had some teams that get called off early in a week. Uh, New Richmond, I know last week, they yeah. were supposed to play, I believe, Batavia this week. Realized they weren't going to be able to play that game. Ended up, Sydney needed a game. They end up playing each right. other. New Richmond gets a win. But the bottom line is they also get a game. And I think that's what you're yeah. seeing is some of that flexibility as well. Well, don't forget back to week one. It was Winton Woods and Edgewood wound up without games. The day before. And, and they, they agreed to play one another. It is funny. I did have a couple ADs tell me that some of the parents, and this, of course, goes along with being an athletic director, who were in that mindset of like, oh, I just want the kids to play. I just They're the biggest pains now. You know, they're now the ones who are now coming back. And, and I know a number of ADs have said, like, wait a minute. You were the one saying, hey, let our kids play. We are, so you just go do what we ask you to do. The quarterback whisperer, Tony Pike, is with us as well. Um, he, he he was doing his, his due diligence this morning, wearing his mask when he came into the studio. Yeah, I noticed that. But, but you've been to, obviously, some games here to start the season off, Tony, and, and you're seeing people do things the right way. Even even coaches, as much as they don't think they like wearing masks a lot of times, sometimes they just do. And it, it's it's a lot harder than you think it would be. Hang on, we'll turn your mic on here just shortly. Yeah. There, there we go. go. There we are. It's it's a lot harder than, than you think with from the quarterback training I do. Trying to wear a mask and coach is not yeah. easy. Uh, so I because as I, much as you think you're enunciating and yes. saying something, they still go what? Yeah, that, and what? my my favorite now is like seeing the coaches Thursday night that like still hold the play sheet up while they're wearing a mask. <laughs> um, but no, it's look. I, I I was just watching this morning. I was down uh, at Reading High School and I'm watching Taylor for the JV game get off the bus, and I'm I'm taken back because I'm like these kids are driving you know 30, 40 minutes. Right. Every one of them gets off the bus with a mask on, and these are the JV kids, and right. so. When it's when it's being taken seriously at all levels, you know it, it makes you feel good. And and I think that the biggest to to see a couple weeks go by now, and to not have that major outbreak, and to see things being able to stay under control. Uh, now, obviously, with Kentucky starting last night, you wait and see what happens there. But even you know that so much was made of Lawrenceburg East Central week one of all right. the fans and not enough social distancing. And you know since then it's it's been quieter on that front too. So I I, I applaud. On, on something that's not easy for, no. for 15, 16, 17-year-old kids and 
coaches that have been doing it away for the, a, a long time as well. Well, and some of the things you see, I mean, it's just hard. I mean, I, I get the social distancing. They've expanded the sidelines where they can stand. But you're asking kids, I mean, you're asking kids who played football their whole lives and have never had to deal with this. There's going to be an adjustment period. And I think that, you know, they've had the – I've been at games where they've had the observers from the OHSAA, and I understand why they're doing that. And i got to be honest with you, some of the stuff that they're asking people to do is nonsense. And I, I can well, say I, I nobody yeah, from think, a school is going to say that. I will. It's right, but, but I, th- I think you ask for for more than what you're hoping that people actually do. So okay, but I'm here. I'm going to give you a specific example. If there is no one sitting in a certain section or in a part of the stadium, which the crowd, the limited capacity, and you're being written up for more people need to use that restroom. Well, there's no one yeah, there. That, that, yeah, I that, mean, that, it's, that some hard. of it. Right. I get the common sense, but I agree with you, Tony. I can tell you from all the athletic directors and coaches and everybody that I've dealt with and talked to. They're doing anything and everything they can to try to keep everybody healthy, keep everybody safe, and let the kids play. And the one thing that irritates me, don't use these kids as collateral. Right. That's the irritation I have. I mean, these kids have done nothing yeah, except I, try to do what they need to do to be able to play. And I will say, I think you saw that a little bit in Northern Kentucky. and A little and, bit. And, and parent, well, not, not In all, the not, state. Well, yeah, in the state. But, but I'm just talking Northern Kentucky specifically. You had a couple of districts that, that kind of battled. Newport didn't decide to play literally until the day before. But I now some, Lloyd's the, parents have, have backed correct. them in the corner. Lloyd says we're now going to play. So you're seeing. I, I think people have decided we'll, we'll let our kids. T- we'll, we'll, well, let, we'll make the decision for our kids, not you making it for us. But part of the issue is if you put protocol in place. I mean, what people need to understand is these are small schools in some cases. They don't have these massive staffs. True. Yeah. So if you're if you're reading a 90 page protocol, I argued with some, you won't even be able to read the document before the season begins. How are you going to implement that That's fair. when you normally have yeah. five or six volunteers working a game? The, the hard part, too, for you mentioned that the student athlete, these are already kids that had their whole preseason taken away. Right, in some spring, last yeah. spring, too, and it, and it, and it was, it was kids that also had camps taken away. Yeah. So the only chance for them to get recruited is going and putting a right. good product on the field. And, and you bounce back in, in CPS right now. I train a kid at Walnut Hills. Oh, yeah. They you haven't know, played a game. They haven't, haven't played a game, and it doesn't look like it. Doesn't well, look, this coming week, hopefully, I know. Yeah, I, and there's a big – I know they right. have a meeting. But yep. still, it's like, okay, I get at the start you're a little skeptical, but after watching a few weeks of football, what is shying you away from letting these kids Correct. go play? Well, and, and this will segue into the GCL South conversation from last night, a big game at the pit. But I know from, from our league, we had the athletic directors at meetings talking about – if there was not going to be a season, could we as a league, or if we had to really reconfigure, could we do some scrimmages, et cetera, Tony, to your point, to try to get the kids looks, right. to try to get some film where colleges could look at it? Because if you're a kid who is maybe not that top, if the top tier they know, if you're Corey Kiner, you've already, yeah. you, you know where you're going, et cetera. But if you're somebody who's on the cusp, on the verge, you need, you need some film. You need film, you need to play, you need to show your skills. I was like, I, I didn't have an offer till after my senior year. So yeah. there, if you, and if you don't have a senior year, you don't you, right, you get right. nothing. Right. There's a lot of kids in that same but the 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 guy I'm working with at Walnut Hills has to put together huddle tapes of practices. Correct. Going against his own guys and it's look it's hard on that end. Well, I saw I think I saw two pictures last night. I can't think of the school. One might have been at Trinity where the guy was like watching the game from a ladder in the back of his truck. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's And beautiful. then uh, what the, the one coach that has COVID from somewhere, had to he coached a game from a forklift. 
Yeah, it's well, fantastic. That's, you that's gotta, hey, that's called ingenuity. Yes, that's fantastic. Really that's is. perfect yeah. quarantining. All right, inside the next hour, we're going to talk to a handful of coaches from last night's games. We're going to look at some of the races that are shaping up in Ohio. As I mentioned, it was the opening night last night in Kentucky. Very quickly, though, probably the game of the night, at least on paper, uh, was the game in the GCL South. St. X knocking off Elder 38-24. Elder got off to a 10-0 lead, led it by 7 uh, fairly late in the game. Right. St. X rallied to win. X now very much in the driver's seat. 2-0 in the league, 2-1 overall just have to beat Mole to clinch it. And this was an ex-team that after they lost to Brownsburg, people were wondering, could they win a game? Well, and I got to tell you, Brownsburg is good. I mean, they're one of the top big schools in Indiana. And St. X clearly should have won mm-hmm. that game. And I know Coach Steve Specht would tell you that. I mean, they had leads throughout, including in the fourth quarter. So kind of the roles reversed last night at Elder. I, the biggest surprise in the GCL South for me so far has been Elder. I mean, they were really a a stop two-point conversion away from winning against LaSalle in Mm -hmm. week one, and then they had those leads last night on St. Xavier. And this is almost a completely new – they've got a few returnees – but, man, Elder is really uh, – when you look at Ben Hamilton, their first-year starting quarterback replacing Matthew Luby, this kid's thrown 10 touchdowns, yeah. no interceptions. I mean, I, I, Doug Ramsey's done a great, great job because this has turned out to be quickly a pretty darn good Elder team. I think you meant Doug Ramsey and the job he does. It's, it's hard at the high school level because you, you essentially just want to play your system. And last right. year, they could just ground and pound because of the offensive line and the tight end yep. and what they had. You lose all that, and now as a coach, you say, okay, what, what fits my, got my guy's skill set best? I applaud Doug Rands. You said they're, they're, they've been close to, to winning their two yeah. losses. And, again, St. X is in that same boat. You lose another Division One quarterback in Matthew Reavy. Right. Brogan McKay comes in as a junior. Now, it doesn't hurt when you have a guy like Liam Clifford. Sure. But now I'm watching, okay, if a team's going to take away Liam Clifford, now they can spread the ball out a little more. So the success that they've been able to have – and. Again, they use the term long blue line. It, it seems very appropriate for what they're able to do year in and year out. And, and also, you stick to the GCL, a good bounce back last night for LaSalle as well. Well, they've got that Jalen Patterson, and they can run it with Charles Kellum and even Luke Fransky with a big touchdown last night. So the when, they, when they run the ball, Sanex, when they get some diversity in offense, they throw it a lot more than they ever have. But when they're able to run it like they were able to last night, they're a much better team. Reminder, if you need to find a score from last night, you can head to local12.com. I've got you all covered there on the score side of things. You can also get highlights from different games from last night as well. Wow. And I can vouch for you. Your score thoroughness is second to none. I'm quite <laughs> anal about it. It's second easier, to it's none. Easy you to got read. schools in games that I didn't even know. I, you I need Oldenburg it. Academy score. I got you. I, I need to know where Oldenburg Academy is in located. Indiana. I know it's in Indiana, but where? I got you. You know Robert. Oldenburg. Uh, yeah, I think is there Oldenburg, Oldenburg Indiana? Indiana? Tom, okay. let me ask you real quick yes. on the the playoff format this year. Sixteen six games, and then everyone makes it. Do you think you'll see difference down the stretch with some of the take Elder for example? The double overtime game against LaSalle, another one against St. X, uh, not overtime, but another tough game. Do you think a, a coach like Doug Ramsey, now that you can't really win the GCL, do you try some stuff down the stretch and Why not? maybe rest a guy and Why say, not? okay, let's make sure I'm good for the playoffs? Well, I guarantee you, Pat McLaughlin, back to that week one game when they were in double OT, when they had a chance to just kick the extra point and force a third overtime, I, I wonder if it had been yeah. a 10-game season, number one, that would have been week 10, right. but what do you have said, let's go for it? I think you're going to see some of that. Yeah. I think coaches are going to take many more chances. All right, we'll take a timeout. We continue. We'll look ahead to some games uh, that took place last night. We've talked to a couple of coaches from around the area from games as well. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. 
Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Skyline is your home away from home. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show. I'm Richard Skinner along with Tom Gamble, Tony Pike. Uh, we'll look ahead to uh, Kentucky games coming up in just a little bit, but let's look at some races in Ohio. After last night, we talked about the big game in the GCL South between St. Xavier and Elder. Let's go to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference where Turpin rolled Little Miami 44-8. Turpin now 3-0, Tom. They've outscored opponents 123-22. to Winton Woods improved to 3-0 and as well, knocking off West Claremont 28-13. I would say I think we all agreed on paper when the season started it would come down to those two teams. Kings is going to be in the mix as well, but they've got the odd number games the way it's kind of shaken out. And Turpin and Winton Woods will eventually play the last game of the year. Right. Yeah, it's at Winton Woods. And I, I Kent McCullough is a very good football coach. Came to Turpin from Harrison. Took over Rob Stoll. Did a great job for years at Turpin. Yeah, they're t- they were talented last year. And you remember, they kind of exited quickly from the postseason. But, boy, they look awful good this year. And Andre Parker and Winton Woods, again, the fact that they didn't make the postseason last year is a joke. But, nonetheless, I think those two in Kings. I mean, they put up 70 yeah. against Anderson in their first game. They didn't play the first week. But, boy, I tell you, that those three teams appear to be really at the top I of think the I, I think I asked you this last week on the, on the Angry Quarterbacks podcast, Tony, that, that um, you know, it always feels like it's LaSalle Winton Woods in Division yeah. Two. Yeah. But can Kings make that inroad? Can Turpin make that inroad? And maybe this is the year that they can, even though LaSalle got a nice bounce-back win last mm-hmm. night. I just want Division Two shapes up to be really, if, really good. If you want to have a chance to beat LaSalle or Winton Woods, you have to be able to score points. And Agreed. historically, um, when those teams play, they're not they're not able to score enough. LaSalle's going to score. Winton right. Woods is going to score. You mentioned Kings; they're putting up points in bunches, and they have yeah. they have dudes. They they have talent at receiver. Four points in two games. They have talent at the running back position. Really good quarterback. If you get that type of consistent play, and you can put up. 28 against a LaSalle team, then then you have a chance to to be in games and play with those guys. The, the, the one thing, and I know, Tony, you played, so you'll be able to really address this, but you can definitively tell, like in that LaSalle-Elder game, Elder had a condensed scrimmage against Sycamore. Scott mm-hmm. Tatillo's an Elder grad. LaSalle had not scrimmaged. And you could tell yeah. in the beginning of that game, they looked like a team that hadn't had a scrimmage. And, and I sometimes wonder, even though coaches, and Pat McLaughlin's a very good mm-hmm. football coach, but I wonder – you got everybody back. Everybody's talking about you. You got all those guys in your defensive secondary yeah. going to D1 schools. Do you maybe, I don't want to say get a little full of yourself, but do you think, eh, you know, we're LaSalle. We won yeah. the state title. We've won, what, four of six? I mean, Start reading I the press clippings. Yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, one of the best secondaries in the country. And right. Condensed offseason. We got all these guys coming back. And, look, it's not just at the high school level. I watched the Navy-BYU game last week. It was embarrassing. And, yeah. and Navy comes out after and says, we hadn't tackled since the bowl game last Correct. year. And some coaches, because of COVID, want to do that. Some just feel like, hey, we got the guys in place that are going to be fine to do it. And I think early in the season, that's why you see some of these teams kind of get uh, get surprised a little bit. And, again, maybe to, to King's credit, as we were talking about, maybe that their offense yeah. is rolling in a way that they feel good about what they've done in the offseason. And I think it's, it's interesting to watch going forward how teams – you know, that kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit, how they respond to that. In the Greater Catholic League co-ed, McNicholas improved to 3-0. They beat Dayton Carroll 28-7. to It usually feels like it's Alters League to lose, and Fenwick's usually in the mix as well, but maybe this is a year for McNick. 
Well, and don't forget, no Roger Bacon. Right. I mean, this is the so when when you look at that, and Mike Orlando, Roger and Bacon Nick, in, the, in the Miami Valley Conference. Correct. Now. Well, and, you know, I, I think when you're in and it, dominating, by the way, Roger we'll, Bacon just scored another touchdown. And, and, right, yeah, they did. We're, we're going to give playing. that shout out here in just a little bit for the performance of the night for Corey Kiner. No, but I, I think the one thing that, that that we all can agree on is, in most cases, maybe with Wyoming and Indian Hill excluded, in most cases when you are smaller schools, you you do have and maybe throw Alter in the mix too. You it, it's it's a little bit of up and down. I mean, you have you know, depending on the classes, yep. depending on the numbers. So I, I think it's it can be somewhat cyclical, and this appears to be a good cycle for McNick. And uh, you know, they're obviously off to a three and zero start. And you know, you only you're halfway home to an unbeaten six game season when you're three and zero. So much about schools like that. It depends the the kids coming up. I mean, I, I was a part of some really good Reading classes. Yeah. Um, and we grew up, and we decided not to go to the Moeller and the Sanek. We decided to stay at Reading. And you see that, you know, year in and year out with these smaller schools of, hey, maybe these guys grew up together. They decided to all come to McNick. And now you're kind of seeing that pay off. And, again, the cycle will go. Another yeah. couple of years it'll change. But that, that's kind of the par for the course at, at those types of schools. Tony mentioned Roger Bacon scoring again. They're now 3-0. and They've outscored opponents 158-42 to after they beat Norwood 82-28. to Corey Kiner went for 363 yards, seven touchdowns on only 17 carries. He had four touchdowns in the first quarter. Those four touchdown runs netted 192 yards just on the touchdown runs alone. It is a man playing among boys. It reminds me a little bit, and we saw him play in high school. Sean Alexander playing against Northern Kentucky competition. Deshaun Wynn at Reading. Deshaun Wynn at Reading. It's just men against boys. Well, 15 touchdowns in three games. And and I think the other piece is, have you seen some of the highlights of him playing defensive end? I mean, Yeah, you were talking about it. I'm not, but yeah, I can imagine. It's crazy. I mean, and and, you know, one of the challenges if you're Roger Bacon and Corey Kiner is they're so dominant, and he's been so dominant, he's not going to get to play a lot of full games. I mean, he just isn't. Because I think, you know, Mike. 17 touches is all he got, and he scored seven touchdowns on those seven. Well, make the most of them, and yeah. I know they're at Summit Country Day this Friday, but boy, oh boy, I mean, Roger Bacon, that kid's Are really Are they going to be suspended next week, Roger Bacon, because they scored too many points? <laughs> well, is that there'll, okay be a, now? there'll be another one in the 80-plus club yeah, for we're next t- week. Yeah, is that yeah. another unwritten rule? We're going to touch on them, God too, coming knows. up. All right, when we continue, we're going to go across to Northern Kentucky as the state of Kentucky played its first week of Finally. high school football. Covington Catholic was in a tussle last night, yeah. not a running clock for a change. Beachwood got a big road win and probably the game of the night. Simon Kenton and Highlands. That's still ahead when we continue. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Skyline is open for drive through and dine-in service. Come and get your conies today. Ramaldo has been helping men, and now women, look their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Ramaldo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Ramaldo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old world tailoring, gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service. Romualdo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Romualdo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Romualdo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romualdo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show. Richard Skinner, Tom Gamble, and the quarterback himself, Tony Pike, the quarterback whisperer. And I didn't even realize until this break that he's been whispering to Simon Kenton's quarterback. 
Uh, Chase Crone, the sophomore, had a nice night last night. We're now joined by the head coach of Simon Kent and Jeff Marksbury after the 27-14 win. Jeff, nice way to get the season started against a good opponent. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take it. It didn't actually feel like a football game until about halftime. I was still so worried about um, everything everything else, that, the outside stuff that you, that you have to worry about nowadays. So, but but we'll take it. It was uh, I was really really pleased. Jeff, talk about Chase Crone. I know last year started as a freshman, threw for more than seventeen hundred yards, and and boy, a, a nice debut for him. But what kind of a feeling as a coach? I mean, normally you get a guy maybe as a junior and you get him for a couple years, but this is a guy conceivably if he's able to stay healthy. I mean, he's all he's only a sophomore, but he's playing much great much later than that in his career. Yeah, you know we. Um... You know, we made the decision last year. We we had a, a couple of other kids, and, and and Chase wound up being the the best out of our you know out of our three quarterbacks last year. We just kind of decided to to bite the bullet, and you know, we we may take some lumps last year, and you know, we we only won eight games. Not that only eight is anything bad. You know, we were eight and five, but he had some growing pains, and you know, he's still just a sophomore, Tom. So there's still going to be some of those nights where you know we kind of look at each other and go, well, you know, he's a sophomore. That's still a a sophomore decision, but with, with that being said, he has progressed. He, he is he's further ahead now than where we thought he would be. With the you know we didn't have spring practice, we had a limited summer, uh, and that's a testament to that kid's work ethic and, and what he does on his own to improve himself. You know he, he works with Tony a little bit. He works with one of our with one of our former quarterbacks, Chad Lawrence, uh, who was a really good player here and coaches our, our middle school team. Uh, you know, Chad's got a really good understanding of, of what we do offensively. Uh, you know, obviously things haven't changed much. You know, we some little tweaks, some things here and there. Uh, but, you know, we do what we do, and, and uh, we've been doing it that way for, for, for quite some time. And so, you know, Chase has – he just – not, not much rattles him. He, he's a very – he's got a little bit of moxie, you know. He stood in the pocket last night and delivered some good balls. And early on, our receivers didn't help him. Uh, we had some drops, you know, but first game jitters and that, that game speed that they really haven't seen um, for the last three weeks. Um, overall, you know, he did a great job last night. Coach, when you look at, at obviously the, the weird off season and really not knowing what's going to happen over the course of that first game, then you get into a game and you get into a little bit of the rhythm offensively and defensively. How much does it change when Highlands, they make a quarterback change and what you've seen now is something different and – you know, it, it's it's one thing to go into a game knowing what you got to do. Now you got to adjust on the fly a little bit. Obviously, you guys were able to make enough adjustments last night uh, to to get a big win. Yeah, you know, and and they did they did you know with that quarterback change, it, it did change a little bit of what they did because the kid that they brought in, the sophomore, who by the way is going to be a really good player. So these two sophomores, you know, ours and theirs, um, pretty talented kids that are going to set up some nice battles over the next couple of years. Uh, it did change the complexion of their offense because he gave them a little more athleticism at quarterback, and he was able to to run the football a little bit. Um, they they started running some option with him, and and you know stuff that they had shown in the in the first half with the other quarterback. But you know, I think Tony, that's kind of the way that the, the last three weeks have been do, right. <laughs> do things on the fly. <laughs> you know, uh, so we, we our defensive coaches were able to make a little bit of adjustments. Uh, you know, with 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 what we were doing and and how they had changed offensively. Um, you know, it's kind of weird to, you know, we didn't have any scout film on them. Nobody had played a game. Nobody had scrimmage. So, in a way, I think that was a blessing to us because 
we were able to just kind of take that Jim Beheim approach and worry about us instead of worrying about our opponents and, and, and you know, kind of work on our stuff for these last three weeks and, and trying to, to get our things right. Um, and, and so I so I think that the last three weeks kind of helped us with that adjustment stuff last night, um, you know, when they made the quarterback change. Jeff Marksbury, head football coach at Simon Kenton, is our guest. The Pioneers on the road in Fort Thomas last night, a big win over Highlands in the season opener for Kentucky. And, Jeff, you're also the Pioneers athletic director, and I know I don't know that anyone in northern Kentucky's had a crazier time scheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling again than you, correct? Just kind of kind of give a, a quick synopsis of the – kind of what you've had to go through to fill dates in the middle of the season. Then you find out you, you had a couple teams, I believe, from Butler County, and because of the, the rules, you couldn't play them, so you had to try to – how difficult – got to believe, forget about X's and O's, the scheduling has to be one of the most difficult things you've endured recently. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the X's and O's, Tom, and I, I, I have been just overwhelmed, uh, you know, in, in trying to figure all that out to lose those two teams – and, and that goes, you know, our, our success last night and the way we performed last night, you know, our assistant coaches, our defensive coordinator, Dave Drake, and our offensive coordinator, Roy Lucas, did a great job of preparing our kids. I mean, I really, for the last three weeks, have just kind of felt like the director of football operations, like, you know, scheduling transportation, <laughs> scheduling games, and scheduling practices, and scheduling meals. And like, I, I don't know how much X's and O's I've done. Um, but, you know, we, we lucked out – Coming, we had a Covington Catholic uh, to the end of the schedule, and you know we had Tony Bacigalupo, their athletic director, and I. You know we we have those monthly NKAC meetings, so um, we talked back in back in June um, actually about hey, you know if if they open up this this final week, we're both open. Will you play just to add the game? So Tony and I had kind of worked that out a long time ago. Um, but then, you know, once we found out that we were going to lose Edgewood and Ross from, I guess, they're Butler, Butler County, I think, uh, is what they're in, I believe. Yes, yes, or correct. Maybe yep. more. No, it, it's Butler, Butler. Uh, that's correct. So, so we, you know, we lost those. We wound up picking up Brian, Brian Station from Lexington, who we've, we've played uh, in the past. And we picked up Russell, um, who I just have a relationship with, with T.J. Maynard, the head coach down at Russell. They were looking for a game. Um, if, if the dates happened to work out, and then you know, two weeks ago we still had an open week um, that I wanted to fill, and uh, Walton Verona lost CHCA, and you know, Coach Bart from Walton saw that we still had an open date. It's a close. It's eight. You know, we're eight miles apart. Um, it's it's you know probably you know as he said, it's probably not a great game for either one of us, but it is a game, um, and and we both wanted to play. I think for us. Offensively, I think they're going to be similar to Johnson Central, which is who we play in two weeks, the state champs from 4A last year. Offensively, it'll help us prepare, for, or defensively, it'll help us prepare for Johnson Central's offense. It's kind of, uh, they run the belly, you know, belly one and belly two. It's kind of some old school run game type stuff. And, and Walton is very similar to that in, in what they do with offensively. So that's why I chose, we chose to play them. Speaking of Walton Road, I'll be broadcasting their game tonight against Newcastle. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's at Newport High School live on CW Cincinnati. Jeff, I think the bottom line is this. We got a week of football yeah. in, and hopefully we got a bunch more, but at least we're back to playing football again, and congratulations on last night. Thanks. That's kind of what I said to the officials at the coin toss last night. Like, can we just fast forward through these next 
you know, 12 minutes, it's up on the board, and let's just get it kicked off. Exactly. Say we did it. (laughs) Exactly. That way they can't pull the rug out from underneath you. Jeff, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Best of luck this year. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Thanks, thanks you guys. Thanks for what you do for Axel Sports. You bet. Jeff Marksbury, the head football coach at Simon Kenton. Let's spend some time on the games in Kentucky from last night. Uh, Covcath beating Dixie Heights 21-14. Yeah. Dixie gave Covcath all it could handle. I'm not surprised. Dixie's much better, got a lot yes. of returnees. And I think people, when you look at Covington Catholic, I mean, they've lost, what, one game, one game in three like, years? Yeah, and that was a state final? And, and the thing is, they, they put running clocks on people, and right. I think you just assume that's always Everybody going to happen. expects that, yeah. This is probably still going to be a really good Covcath oh, team. Yeah. Um, some of it is, too, and, and this is an excuse for anybody because Dixie was in the same boat. No right. scrimmages, you have different agendas, all this. And you mentioned it, maybe Dixie's just... Just that much better this I year. They got they a lot. Are. Remember last year they got off to a terrible start. Got a lot better as the year they went did. along, yeah. and rolled that maybe into this year. But I think it also maybe look makes the rest of the Kentucky look around and go. All right, maybe we can at least compete with Covcath because the last few years, not only did people around here not right. beat Covcath, they didn't even compete with Covcath. That would be accurate, and and you know, you know you need something like that. Maybe and comparative scores sometimes you can't be deceived Correct. because you know it's week one and all that. But yeah, I would think that the other teams on their schedule at least have a little confidence of hey, they came within a touchdown, we can too. You still have six four. 210-pound Caleb Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh, no, yeah. that, don't, that's yeah. what I mean. Don't when misunderstand you, Yeah, me. when, when you have that type of skill back there, you always are going to have a chance to put up the points. And I also think in certain instances, and I think you guys will agree, I think probably in the small schools, it's when they when they play Beachwood and some of the other schools when they play Cuffcat. And back you, in the day when they played Highlands. And you start mentally down. It's right. like Cole Rain for all those yeah. years in the GMC. Yeah, How many of those teams? Here in a minute. I had an AD one time tell me every time we step against Cole Rain, we're two touchdowns down. Right. you got to change that mentality. Well, and Dixie may have done that for a lot of teams Maybe. from last night. But yes. I, I know this. Eddie Eviston is such a good coach. He's got great players. No, no doubt. They'll be knocking on the door oh, when yeah. the, season, the season's all said and done. They'll be knocking on the door probably of another state championship. It was just interesting based on what we've seen the last few years where you look up every week and it's 56 to nothing. And, yeah. oh, you're looking, hey, they had running clock in the first half. And maybe officials are enjoying this year because Mark Sperry and guys like him are out there saying, hey, look, good to see, <laughs> good you, to see guys, you guys. Yeah. Right? You don't that hear that missed a lot. You. That, that's, right? that's, yeah. that's very rare. Correct. Also, last night, your guy Cam Hergett and Beachwood went on the road to Corbin. Got are a they big back from the depths of Corbin yet? They are. I think they somehow made it back finally. But he had a pretty big game, yeah. and I know you're pretty high on him as a quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Cam is great. Cam's one of those guys that, that you hated to see how the offseason went because he was going to go to so many camps and, and shine and really get his – Really big opportunity to the Beachwood folk I talked to last night said he was yeah. fabulous both throwing it and running it yeah. last night. He would have had a chance to compete against some of the best quarterbacks around at these right. camps. He didn't have that, so all he can do is control what he can control, and and he took a, a great step forward against and Corbin. For those last who night. don't know, that's a big win, it especially going win. on the road down well, there, and especially because the next three weeks they've got Covcath, yeah. Ryle, Dixie, Bing, 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 three yeah. weeks in a row. All you lar- open off much larger four. schools. Yes, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, you need to open off. The season with that. Right. One other shout out last night, and yes. I, I have a I have a soft spot for the for the River Schools. Oh boy, Dayton with a thirty nine eight win over Pendleton County. Jesse Herbst, who was an assistant at uh, at Simon defensive Kenton. coordinator, yeah, yeah, he's done a really nice job there, and that's a tough place as we all know to win. No doubt, games. he's a he's a Dayton alum, yep. and that's that, that you know they got him to come back, and last year was his first season as head coach. I know you in those River Schools, man. I love them, you're, man. Not gonna, you're not going to give me a Ludlow. Ludlow. I'm going to live in Ludlow. Yeah, they lost last night. I know they did. to Carroll County. I was a little disappointed on the Ohio side. Three Rivers, Taylor. Got a huge win against Redding. See, see, it's Look all the river oh, see, but, but for him, it's more about <laughs> the Redding yeah, than it is the Taylor. I, I, I do believe. That's why yes. he has to get that in. We'll get to the right. CHL here in just a little. And bit my well. alma mater. Uh oh. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. The Greater Miami Conference. Oh, 
Suddenly, the, the things have changed quickly for the Colgate Cardinals. 11 plus years mm. in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Again, if you need a score, be sure to head to local12.com. Click on our scoreboard. We've got every score from the area games in Kentucky, Ohio, and Southeast Indiana from last night, plus links to highlights as well. Do you have South Decatur score? Uh, no, they're not. They're not our North area. Decatur? Not, are they close mm. enough? Hang on. North Decatur, I believe I have the North Decatur <laughs> score from last night. Yeah, they did. They beat, they're the ones who beat Oldenburg, 44 Wow. Huge win over the Oldenburg. Jesus. Where's uh, that at? Do you know? Uh, North Decatur, yeah, somewhere in Decatur well, County. I know that. Perhaps. North of Decatur County. Yeah, right. northern part of Decatur County. South Decatur is probably in the south part of Decatur County. All right, done. All right, when we continue, we'll get back to Ohio, talk some greater Miami conference from last night as we continue. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Potholes are the most destructive things vehicles hit on a daily basis. This pothole season, get a free alignment check with any tire purchase. At Firestone Complete Auto Care. Contact Derek Lester at the Kenwood Firestone location for great customer service at 513-401-7892. That's 513-401-7892. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Cincinnati Scoreboard Show. I'm Richard Skinner along with Tom Gamble, Tony Pike. Let's head back to Ohio after spending some time talking about some of the games in Kentucky and speaking with Jeff Marksbury, the head coach of Simon Kenton. Our pleasure to welcome in the head coach of Lakota West, Tom Bolden. His team improving to 3-0 on the season with a 33-0 win over yeah. Sycamore. And uh, Tom, certainly for, for your team, uh, you, you got the, the big early win over Cole Rain, and your team didn't take that and say, okay, we've accomplished something now. It looks like they still have more to prove. Yeah, there's no question about that. I, I, I'm not ever going to let them get comfortable. <laughs> there's no, you know, that's that's not going to happen. But yeah, no, we talked about it. Um, you know, the age that we're in now. You know, it used to be I thought we were week to week. You know, and now it's almost day to day with how things are. And uh, you know, I told the kids, I said we just got to get better every rep and practice, every period and practice, and you know, and then each week and each game. So that, that's our focus now, and I think we're definitely taking a step forward, uh, you know, week by week. Our defense is playing lights out. I mean, you know, they've they've given up, you know, I think what only, what, 20, 14, 13. 14 points 13. in three games? 13, yeah, 13, po- 13 yeah. points in three games? I mean, crazy. So uh, they're flying around getting after it. So I – you know, I like where we're at. I like where we're heading, to be quite honest with you. So now before we ask a football question, i got to ask you, have you found a trimmer yet? Because that hair, dude, what's up with that? Yes. How about this flow? I'm telling you, yeah. I haven't had flow I haven't had flow like this since I was like 15. You know what I'm saying? So is there, like, a, is there a reason for that? Or is that, I mean, is it? Well, it, it started off as I was like, when, when the COVID hit and all that, I'm like, I'm not cutting my hair during the quarantine then it become i'm not cutting my hair until we get football and then we got football and i said i'm not cutting my hair until we play the first game we played the first game it just happened to go to Corain and beat Corain. so now all the kids and everybody's telling me i can't cut it so it is what it is at this point partner all right coach it's, i'm telling you i'm feeling pretty good i get to wave my hands through it now i know i know chief i know gamble that's not uh that's not something you've done for a long time, so jealousy will will, will definitely get you nowhere. Yeah, maybe that's part of my issue. I'll give you that. <laughs> Coach, you, you take over this, this Lakota West program, and uh, in, in a very short time you've 
you've obviously turned around the the wins and losses, but it seems like you've also changed that culture of, okay, you know, it, it was Cole Rain at the top, and okay, you got to clear that mental hurdle, and then you bounce back, and you don't get too high after that. How much goes into to changing a culture of a school uh, to to going into every game confident that you're going to be the the best the best version of yourselves? That that's that's the that's the key element of the whole thing. You know, when you're dealing with 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, um, you know, I always, I always use the term. I tell the kids when I came, I said, listen, you can't fake tough. There's one thing I know in this world. You can't fake tough. So, um, you know, we, from day one, when I came in, we wanted to physically and, and, and mentally toughen ourselves, sharpen ourselves up. And, and, uh, and, you know, the community has been great. The parents, everybody, and accepting it, allowing me to coach their kids hard. And the kids are doing a great job responding to it, and I think it, it shows in their play. And, you know, I, I, you know, in this day and age, you know, I call coaching in the gray. You know, when I first got into the world of coaching, a lot of things were black and white. It was either this or that. But, you know, now with so much going on, you got to kind of coach in the gray. But, uh, but. I'm still old school with my approach. We're, we're going to lift a lot of weights. We're going to work really hard. I'm going to get after them when I need to get after them and, and hug them when I need to hug them. And I think the kids are responding. I think that reflects in their play. Lakota West head football coach Tom Bolden, our guest. The Firebirds last night going to 3-0 and with a 33 to nothing win at Sycamore. And, Tom, your son Mitch, I know, had a big game last night, a quarterback, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions. How how critical is it having – you know, I, I know you guys are always talking football and, and your, your brother Danny's on your staff, et cetera, and you've coached, obviously, nephew Joe and, and some others and your kids um, previously. What's it like having your son be the quarterback – a young quarterback, but knowing that you've got a, a kind of a coach on the offense on the field too. Yeah, it's he's definitely a student of the game. He's you know been around it all his life, and and uh, you know he's he got kind of forced into the the starting role week three as a as a freshman last year, and uh, and you know by the end of the year he, he ended up playing pretty good football, and he's kind of. Uh, kind of picked up uh, where he left off. And, I mean, he's thrown seven TD passes in the last two games and kind of gives us another dimension to our, you know, to our game. We can run it real well and, and obviously the way he's throwing it. So, um, but, you know, he and I were talking the other day. You know, it, it's always something. He talks about his mechanics. It's when he watches the film. Uh, you know, he just doesn't watch the highlights. You know, he watches the bad stuff as well as the good. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited where he's at. You know, obviously got got the rest of this year, next two years with him, and uh, you know I got to get him together with Tony a little bit here in the off season, and because you know how it is. I mean, at some point I'm still just dad. He needs to hear stuff from other people, and Tony does a great job with his quarterback training and all that. So I'm gonna get him together with him and uh, make him even better for the future. Hey, we're ready, Coach. Um, the the uniqueness of this season, uh, everyone making the playoffs. How the the setup, the the lack of really preseason and really knowing what you had going in, as a coaching staff, does that change for you guys at all going forward? Uh, at the end of the year, of hey, maybe we want to work on some stuff, maybe we want to get guys some reps. Do you handle that differently, knowing that the playoff scenario is different this year, or do you just try to go out and do what you do each week? Uh, you know, I w- I will tell you this personally. I think it's allowed me from from, you know, some play calling and some other things. I think you just kind of uh, – I think you're a little bit more loose with things. You know, I was talking to my staff the other day. I think kids these days are just different from the standpoint of, like, you know, they're, they're just 
they're just always loose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if it's and and you know I remember back. I'm thinking, oh, in the, old, in the old days when I played, I was just so locked in. But it's just different. And uh, uh, but I think that's rubbed off on me a little bit. And 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 knowing that everybody's going to make the playoffs, you're you're not you're not so so wound so tight you know going into every game because you know okay it's you know the old days you lose one or two games you know, there's a good chance you may not get in right. so but now now you can open some things up you can coach a little loose the kids play loose and and i and i think that's actually been pretty darn positive for us all right well certainly has worked out well so far tom we appreciate your time this morning and best of luck next week and the rest of the season we'll catch up with you again always great talking to the uh the, the a team <laughs> All right, we won't we won't ha- ask any letters after A. We'll just leave it at that. We appreciate it. Tom, have a great rest awesome, of your weekend. Awesome, guys. Appreciate, appreciate all you guys do. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very Tom much. Tom Bolden, head football coach. And, and he's right. Remember Cole Rain when he was a head football coach, the one year went 8-2 and two and didn't make, Did not make the playoffs. I mean, so exactly. there's there's that scenario. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, what a day. You know, Cole Rain went the three final three games of 2008 and then 11 straight years, with, which is incredible, yeah. without losing a game in a league that's really good. Well, let's talk on that Coleraine game from last night. Yeah, losing a man. second time now this season after right. losing to Lakota West in the uh, opener. Princeton was down 37-21 in the fourth quarter, scored three touchdowns in the last 634, including a game winner, a run by Makai Lynn, who also threw for three touchdowns, beating Coleraine 41-37. Princeton improves to 3-0. Yeah. Mason also 3-0 after beating yep. Oak Hills 27-12. We'll get back to them in a second. But let's talk about this Princeton team. And, and Tony, I think again, we were talking about this a little bit on the angry quarterbacks. Last year was supposed to be the year. You had you – had, um, Big timers, Paris Big Johnson. You had, you had, yeah, yeah. You had Paris Johnson. You had uh, Darian Henry. Yep, you had right. Jaheim Thomas, who's at UC. The first two Ohio State guys, and yet they had to fight tooth and nail just to make the playoffs. Lost in the first round to Colerain, um, and yet this year here they are suddenly three and zero with a couple of impressive wins, including the, the the come from behind win for last night. Sometimes when you get such great athletes on a team, you kind of get that I've already arrived feeling. I'll be at Ohio State next year, and then you get the. The, the guys that are hungry and, okay, you know, what happened last year is not okay. And I heard Mike Daniels speak after the game last night. A lot of it is, like Tom, you said before, it's a mentality. It, it is. Cole Rain for so yep. long has been this daunting figure right. in this league. And, okay, now there's a chink in the armor, so what's that mean? Okay, now we have a chance. But any time at the high school level to, to be down 17 points in a, in a fourth quarter and to come back and win – Mike Daniels has to be ecstatic because as a coach, that tells you all you need to know well, about don't your forget team. That they were down in the opener to Hamilton, came back right. to one yep. by five. Late. They, held, they, they held off Sycamore yep. by five. Correct. They win last night late. So maybe three just close games and they've won every one of them. figured out a way yeah. to win games, and that's well, all that matters. And I agree with you. I think sometimes when you have the big names, and I'm telling you, I just think high school football it, relative to guys going to college has changed. I, I caught some of the Pickerington Central, Pickerington North game where the best defensive player from Pickerington North, he's not playing. Yeah. He's opted out. Yeah. I mean, he's going to Ohio State. I get, and I get it. I, I get it too, but I just think that I think that a lot of times, sometimes having the talented guys, and it's going to sound ridiculous, can work against you. Yeah. I know coaches who would say, man, now that that guy's gone, whew, because it's maintenance, yeah. it's, it's all that. I just think when you get because, a bunch of guys who play together and really want to win, yeah. sometimes you're a better team. And there's something about it, too. There are certain positions in high school that can dominate a game. Sometimes one offensive lineman can't dominate That's as right. much. That's a defensive right. end, you think back to those Cole, Dominic Goodman, what he did with Cole oh, Ray. Yeah. Mike Daniels, 
what he did with those Princeton teams. Right. You I know, mean, he uh, single-handedly did right. some great things with Corey, those Princeton Corey teams. Corey Kiner. Right. There Spencer are, Ware when yeah, he was at Princeton. There, yeah. are, there are positions that you can dominate every snap, and there's some that game plan-wise you can be hidden a little bit, and, and that also, I think, helps out Princeton as well because they're all relied on now. And you mentioned a GMC to Mason. Brian Castor, Mason is always – in the upper echelon, always contending, and uh, he's having another undefeated, having another good year. And too. I think we can clearly say Lakota West is the cl- clear-cut, probably best team sure. in the city. Them and X, I guess, mm-hmm. but certainly the clear-cut mm-hmm. best team in that league. But Mason, leading up to the final game, they will play at Lakota West in the regular season finale. They've got Sycamore, a winnable game. At Hamilton, a winnable game. Yeah. Could be 5-0 and Mason versus 5-0 and Lakota yeah. West. Flip side, Princeton, on the other hand, what it uh, concludes with, they're also, as we mentioned, 3-0. and They've got Lakota East at home at Fairfield Middletown. So they've got a chance to run yeah. the table as well. Um, so you could end up having t- actually two 6-0 teams this year in the in the GMC. Well, it's happened before. I yep. can't remember the year, but the one year that Colerain and Lakota West did not play each other. Did not play. Both wound up 7-0 and in the GMC and tied because and we don't do it either in the GCL South. There's not a tie break. I mean, there's right. not if you have the same record, there's no head-to-head. You yeah. just are co-champs. One other league to look at in this segment, the Southwest Ohio Conference. Ross last yeah. night beating Talawanda. Talawanda had been undefeated, beat him 35 to nothing. Ross now 2-0 in the league, and they've got a big game. Actually, we'll have the game on TV, yeah. I believe, on CW Cincinnati next Saturday. If not, That's it's on Star 64, but correct. it's Ross and Harrison from Harrison. Right. Uh, Harrison got off to a slow start this year against a tough schedule, but bounced back with a 31-21 win over Mount Healthy. So that should be actually a pretty good little game next week. Should be, and Harrison lost a lot from last year, too. So I, I think yeah, that's, with especially with the strange offseason, preseason leading up, I think you got to give a little bit more time for teams to kind of work through mm-hmm. that transition phase. Ross Harrison, good little rivalry, not separated by much. Kenyon Cummins has done a really good job at Ross, and uh, Derek Rehage has done a similar job at Harrison, so that'll be a good one. Yeah, no question about it. A couple of individual performances to touch on last night. Clinton Massey beat Western Brown 86-54. I don't have stats for Clinton Massey, but I do have them for Western Brown quarterback Drew Novak. In a losing cause, he goes 33 of 50 for 497 and six touchdowns. Helmet and sticker. Lost. Huh. Yeah. Helmet, Helmet sticker. sticker. There's no question. How long did couple, that game last? I don't. That's a great, that's a great question. I mean, seriously. 100, 140 points combined. And I got to ask, I, what's up with that? Because we saw there were two 80 pluses yeah. last night. We mentioned we King 70, scored 70 against Anderson. Somebody had 77 last night. Uh, New did. Richmond beat New, Western Brown 77 61. Well, Western Brown maybe defensively. Right. right. I, I don't know. They've that given I up 163 right. points the last two weeks. But it does seem like there's much more offense this year than there ever has been. Yeah. I always feel like games go fast in high school. I don't know how that many points are possible. I know. I, I'm with you. I, that's insane to me. Maybe that's something with the, although the, the lack of, you know, a, a preseason and, and leading up maybe. to the season. I think that's got something be. to do maybe with it. Well, defense has just got to maybe just try to keep it basic and, well, and they do, do what and they I, can do. And, and not as much tackling. Not, I mean, I, yeah. literally, you've, I've heard coaches talk about how poor the tackling has been in the first game or games and because they haven't done much. Yeah, right. no doubt. Also, uh, Bethel Tate quarterback Chris Long, four touchdown passes last night. They beat Claremont Northeastern 46 to nothing. Bethel Tate now 2-0 and in the SBAAC National Division. They've outscored their two opponents. 87 to 8. We should have a quiz in here one week. Can you name the teams in the various divisions of some leagues? Oh, I can do it. I'm well, sick. You're, you're, I'm you a sick, are sick. sick man. You, you, I, 
I'm going to quiz you. I'm, I'm not going to tell you which league, but next week you're getting a quiz. All right. I'll look forward to that okay. quiz. All right. I look forward to this as well. When we continue, we've not touched on one major small league in, yeah, in Ohio. That's the, the Six Addy Hills League. We'll talk about Redding's big game last night. I know Tony wants to talk about that. <laughs> of course, Wyoming, Indian Hill winners as well. We'll talk about them as we continue. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Skyline is your home away from home, a place where you can feel safe and comfortable with your family and friends. And we're taking extra steps to help all our guests and employees stay well. When you're ready to enjoy Skyline time in our restaurants, we'll be here to serve you. Come enjoy your favorite conies and ways at your neighborhood Skyline today, or visit our drive-thru. Either way, we'll make you feel right at home. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show. Earlier we talked to Jeff Marksbury, the head coach at Simon Kenton, Tom Bolden, the head coach of Lakota West. Pleased to be joined now by the head coach of Indian Hill, Tony Arcuria's team with a 51-14 win over Marymount last night. And I think, Tony, people see the raw score and go, oh, well, yeah, Indian Hill rolled another opponent. But uh, Marymount, for a chunk of the game, gave you everything you wanted. Absolutely. Um, you know, first half in particular, uh, you know, we just kind of had to solve what they were doing offensively uh, a little bit. And uh, once we were able to do that, uh, you know, the score opened up a little bit. But, uh, you know, they kept uh, time of possession uh, in the first half was pretty lopsided, about 65-35 um, in favor. Obviously, when you don't have the ball, you can't score. Yeah, this was a game as part of our Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown, so I was out there and uh... – Boy, Tony, two big plays, and you got you a number of kids with big plays, but Charlie De Janeiro, the so after Marymont, you led 14-0. They came back to tie it. Then the 90-yard kickoff return literally right before halftime gave you a seven-point lead, and then after you went up 10 and they were driving with a potential score to cut it to maybe three, he picks off a pass, returns it down to their 20. You guys go in, and you wound up scoring the final 30 points of the game. But, boy, what a big game he had in a couple really big plays. Yeah, and, you know, I'm happy for him. I mean, he's a program kid. Um, you know, he's one of these guys that, you know, has been here the whole time. Um, you know, he started with, since he was a sophomore, and he's just very, very consistent. Um, so – have kind of that marquee game where he really stepped up and was a game changer for us. Coach, how much conversation as a team do you guys have? A little bit different off season, but you think of the CHL, you think of Indian Hill and Wyoming right now. Those those games are the big games, but you guys have the target on your back week in and week out, and you certainly see that last night against Marymount. Is there conversation from you to the team about bringing it every week, or is that kind of understood at Indian Hill and goes with the territory? Well, you know, we have to. But listen, our goals are bigger than, um, you know, having an undefeated season or even winning the CHL. I mean, obviously that, that that's part of uh, kind of what we want to accomplish on the road. But uh, on the road to our – we want to play for state title. And um, so, 
you know, this is not to take anything away from the effort that Marymont gave us last night, but, you know, I, I told some folks last night I was talking to, we made so many mistakes later out to figure out how many we made. Um, and so that's what we preach. We're, we're trying – it's one game at a time, but we're not going to get to our goal uh, ultimately of playing for a state title until we can get out of our own way. And, frankly, last night we couldn't do that. Yeah, Tony, we're talking to Tony Arcuri, head football coach of Indian Hill. The Braves off to a 3-0 start. 51-14, they win at Marymount last night. Have outscored the opposition 145-21. And no surprise, Wyoming 3-0. They've outscored their opposition 82-9. Normally, that's the, the game really for the CHL. But, Tony, you guys are not playing this year because of the abbreviated schedule and the way things kind of fell out. How do you deal with that with your players? Because I know your guys I mean, were out there this week, and I know they would like to play Wyoming. You know that's not going to happen regular season, but you might see them again in the postseason. I know you don't want to look ahead, but how do you deal with that with your kids? Well, you, you first of all, I, it, that, I, we don't, there's no motivation needed to play them. Um, obviously, our kids um, you know, they want to do that. And, and, yeah, I think initially, early on, they were a bit disappointed about uh, knowing that that wasn't going to take place uh, at the end of the uh, – or in the regular season. But, um, you know, it, our kids do a good job of focusing on the here and now for the most part. You know, uh, last night we had a couple blips on that radar and, and, you know, lost focus. But, you know, we respect everybody that we play. We're going we're gonna to not just play, uh, you know, one um, – week at a time we're going to play and try and be perfect on that one play and so for us to look beyond any of that we're just not doing ourselves any any service all right tony we appreciate it congrats on the win the 3-0 start and we'll catch up with you as the season rolls on perfect thanks guys all Thanks, right, Tony Arcuri, head football coach of Indian Hill. I know you like stats. I know yes. you like numbers. I'm I love numbers. One. I'm a number guy. So he took over the program in 2014. So starting with 2015, Indian Hill won the league that year. And then Wyoming has won it every year since. Indian Hill's only loss every year since is to Wyoming. The record at their last night since 2015 for Indian Hill is 60 wins, 12 losses. Seven of those to Wyoming. That's incredible. Including the last three years, Two each of those years, one in the regular season and one in the postseason. I think most people think Ty Thornton, the junior quarterback, son of former NFLer and Bengals defensive end John Thornton. They've got Antoine Peak Jr. plays defensively, also running back. Antoine Peak, who had a good NFL career after playing at UC, yeah. he's the Braves' defensive coordinator. So they've got. Good lineage, and both those kids are juniors. I wouldn't want to pick a fight with that coaching staff or no. parent group. No, they've got the <laughs> Holy cow. for old Bengal fans, Larry Eli, who <laughs> played right, in yeah. the NFL, played yeah. at Iowa. He's still there, and uh, I tell you, they're good. I mean, and, and I would agree with Tony Arcuri. I'll give Marymont credit last night, and that Charlie DeGenero was our MVP of the showdown game. But uh, you know, they're good. I mean, they're talented, and and and, and in the CHL, I mean, I, I think everybody want everybody looks forward to that. Yeah. Wyoming Indian you got a, game. You had a chance to see, obviously, Indian Hill up close last night. So, Redding played Wyoming well at the start of the year. Is this the year that Indian Hill gets back it, over that hump? It, 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 see, that's a good question. I mean, Wyoming's off to a 3-0 and start. They've not, they're not as dynamic offensively because, obviously, right. Evan Prater's not there. But they've only given up nine points. Right. And so, maybe this is just a different Wyoming team. Yeah. And, and maybe this is the year that Indian Hill gets them. I they're not going to play it's, each other until the playoffs. It feels like the same thing we've talked about right. for years on the on the show. With Cole Rain, yeah. Until you come and knock that's them off, right. 
That's right. right. Still the top dog. They may be winning. I mean, last night, 21-3 over Madeira. Doesn't look overly impressive on paper, right? And and they just they haven't been. But I look up, and they've given up nine points in three games. Right. That's pretty good. Well, and after Indian Hill beat Madeira 52-7. to And when I talked to Tony before that game, he thought they'd really be challenged. I mean, when he looked at the six games that they have, mm-hmm. he said this was going to be a tough one for us. So, I, I don't know. I think at, at the high school level, maybe more so than any other, that mental hurdle of someone who's dominated in your league is really difficult. And boy, the tough luck start start for Reading just continues. Yep, Twenty just to thirteen luck. fell short. I mean, they they played well against Wyoming in Week One, yep. and last night toe to toe with beat Taylor. Finneytown last week. Beat Finneytown They're a last victim week. of the scheduling of COVID. Maybe that's what they had it is. Lachlan early on. They were going to get off to a much better start. Yeah. Lachlan, by the way, they lead go. the Miami Valley Conference grade division. In case Indian Hill and Redding. <laughs> Indian Hill and Redding play win. Uh, I don't know. Do they play? I believe so. Uh, I, I can look that oh. up for you real quickly. Oh, I believe they play this week. Uh, oh, I think. Yeah. Don't, see, don't, look, don't ask. Don't, don't. Yep. Indian Hill at Redding. Yeah. At Redding. There at you Redding. go. At Redding. You'll be there. Holy cow! Yeah. You'll be there so, with bells on up, on, oh, Thursday. on Thursday. Thursday night football. Yeah. Sorry, Bengals Browns. Yeah, there you go. Thursday night football. Sorry, Bengals Browns. Uh, I, I should have. That's why I kept it away from Tony there in that in that interview. I didn't want to. He's probably already. He's been staying up all night watching film. Probably. Didn't want to tip him off. On no, 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 no. Okay. Don't want to do that. Right. Hey, our thanks to uh, Simon Kenton, head coach Jeff Marksbury, Tom Bolton from Lakota West, Tony Arcuri from Indian Hill as well. We thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with another Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Show for Tony Pike, Tom Gamble. I'm Richard Skinner. This has been brought to you by ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.